for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Indie Performance is an online nutrition coaching platform that specializes in helping strength athletes optimize their training, making weight classes, or just achieve their aesthetic goals without the steamed chicken and broccoli lifestyle. Head over to IndiePerformance.com. That's I-N-D-I performance.com to find out more. Okay, it's your boy Six Pack lapping out. We got Arian Messi Kamesi in none of the, the champ is here. Chance Mitchell and Chance, we were um you had posted up in your stories. We we're talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. The qualifying, this is an emergency podcast. The qualifying <laughs> totals for the Americans uh for the worlds. And even if you're not in the US, you're probably li- like I'm not in the US, but I'm interested because um a good chunk of the world champions are gonna be coming from the US or at very least battling for those world titles in 2023. The US American team ever so relevant. So everyone wants to know who's likely to make it, how are they qualifying, etc. Let's weed through it. First, let's maybe explain the pathways the Americans are going to get to Worlds. Then we could talk about the qualifying totals. And then we could talk about some interesting scenarios that might unfold, as well as obviously chance you are one of those individuals who is a reigning world champion, going to Sheffield, and... Um, I mean, conceivably, you would like to go to world championships again and continue this reign. So I guess we'll kick it off first, Arian. If you want to just walk us through the one, two, three qualifying routes. Sure. I was going to mention, too, the other interesting thing is, like, this is the first country I know that said what their qualifying is for next year. So now maybe Canada, these other nations are going to get an idea, too, because, like, what are they going to do with Jess Bittner and these other athletes from these other countries? So. Um, maybe this will kind of set a precedent, but the primary selection they list is you have to win the classic nationals and have a Carpino one total or higher. So what Carpino one basically is, is the total that won the world championships the last three years, you average that out. So for example, I know for the 66s, um, it was 710 this year, 692.5 the year before and 705.5 the year before that. So you add those up, you average it out and that's what the total you have to hit. So that's a a really high total, which is what we're going to get into in, in further discussion to hit it, to get the automatic spot. If you don't get the automatic spot, you go into the alternate and then they go to secondary selection. Secondary selection is the U S lifters who are competing at Sheffield like chance. And then they have to hit a Carpino one. So it's that same total. If they get to hit it, then they get in through the secondary selection. If they don't hit it, they get thrown in the alternates as well. And then that tertiary selection is everyone from the alternate, everyone from nationals, everyone from Sheffield, you rank them by what their Carpino ranking would be. And typically what they do, like I said, is a three-year average. If two people tie in a three-year average, they look at the four-year average, if two people tie in four-year average, they go to five. And what we've done before is after five, then we'll just go to like GL points to kind of have a final tiebreaker since there are maybe going to be ties that way. Before we start getting to like a fucking 17 year average, <laughs> we're like, all right, man, go. I'm good. I don't want it anymore. Um, so it's interesting that the the third option, the third route, the with the alternates all in there, it doesn't matter if you're from Sheffield or Nationals, 
just straight up who's going to have the higher Carpino. Um, now that we have that, so first off Nationals, then Sheffield, and then all the alternates after that are inside there, and, and it's equal. Um, doesn't matter where you got your total from. Let's do a quick rundown of the totals. First, we'll do the men's, then we'll look at the women's, and possibly let's, uh, well, you already know where it stands in terms of relation to how good is this compared to the rest of the world? Fucking good. Because it's won the world championships, you know, it's, it's based off the world's totals the last three years, you had said. So there's a good barometer, but let, let's do the men, sir. Uh, sure. Yeah. For the 59 kilo class, it's 613.5. For the 66s, it's 702.5. 74s, it's 769.5. 83s is 825.5. 93s is 868. 105s is 901.5. 120s is 922.5 and then 120 plus is 1013.5 and let's put a pause there for a second now if we're looking at that you look at the men's in the 59 kilo classes like how many people can do that in the world and fetish ankle's gone you look at the 66 is 702.5 i mean you eddie berglin and and penna on well penna's net penna's hit 700 eddie berglin's hit 710 which is now the world record I mean, and, and that he hit 710 with his bench that won't pass anymore. We've, I, I mean, it's, it's fucking staggeringly high. You look the 74s. Well, you better be Taylor Atwood, huh? You better be Taylor Atwood. <laughs> and that's it. 83s. The only person that we know that's hitting over eight or 825.5 thus far as Russ, who's not in the PA. So that's nobody there. 93s is probably one that you could see some people hit. They got to have great days though. But you could see, obviously, Chance, Keiko, Gavin Aiden, if if he, if he goes PA. I don't think that's a that's official either. Um, I'm just rattling off Americans in the IPF, but he's not even officially PA. Is there anyone has, else? Has that's he a... even said that he's going to? No, I, I, he's still humming and hawing. I believe. Yeah, right? I think in, I think in general, like the USVI people are wondering, like how long they should stay, when should they switch over, should they switch over, so you just stay there. And then the other one was, you know, there was discussion about Brandon Petrie whether he would switch over, and he was kind of talking about it. Then he made some Instagram post on not coming over, so that's possibly another name that's out. But maybe he changes his mind again. So yeah, it's Bryce Bryce Lewis too. Is Bryce? So let's hang on this for a second here. Is Bryce Lewis that is that talk got some validity to it, or what do you think? He's registered for an Arizona Powerlifting America meet. Wow. So, so him and, and Mike to share as well. So the other part of it uh, that people may not know is that this year you didn't have to have a qualifying total. You can just do nationals as your first meet. Next year you have to have a total in a Powerlifting America meet. So the good thing is like Chance can see, like Bryce can't just show up on nationals and be like, hey, I'm here. He has to do a local meet first. So you're seeing Bryce signed up. You're seeing Mike Desher signed up, maybe some other people signing up and gives you a sign that they're going to do it. But even with Bryce, his last toll at nationals was 845 at 90 kilos. So we'll see if going up to 93s, um, how much he'll bump up his total. Yeah, it's not a given because I get it. He gets to put on three kilos of body weight, but he also has to put on a good 25 kilos on his total. I'm not saying he can't, but... It's like I'm saying these these are really high totals that are very difficult. The two ninety threes that I know from the US you could do it is is Keiko and Chance. You know, and everyone else, we don't even know for sure if they show up and and, and they gotta have great days. Um and looking at the 105s, 120s, I mean it's the same deal, man. It's it's tough. I don't know who's gonna be hitting these necessarily. Now we'll talk about the women's before I get too ahead of myself. Let's rattle off the women's, but you're starting to get an indication 
How fucking heavy are these totals? <laughs> um, you got a lot of people who can't. You know, I mean, a lot, a lot of people. Go ahead, Chance. You want to say something? Yeah, I was going to say I just pulled up Powerlifting American Nationals uh, last year's uh, results, and Keiko and I were the only ones that hit the totals. So Taylor Atwood didn't hit the total. I mean, he was hurt um, and kind of just doing what he needed to to you know get the spot. Um, but we were the only two out of everybody. Uh, I think Jesus maybe had been the only other one. Yeah. He was the only other one that hit the qualifying total. And I th yeah. think Taylor Atwood is actually injured right now. Yeah, but we got six months. We got <laughs> six months. Yeah, it would be absolutely catastrophic. Taylor Atwood misses <laughs> his fucking qualifying total at Sheffy or something. But um, yeah, I mean, he's I mean, Taylor Atwood at half speed. If he turns on the gear and he's like, I have to do this, kicks it into a high gear. Let, let's do the women's totals there, Aaron. Mm -hmm. Sure. For the 47s, it's 401. 52s is 433.5. 57s is 478. 63s is 518.5. 69s is 522.5. 76s is 561. 84s is 821.5. And then 84 plus is 638.5. These are fucking heavy. <laughs> I mean, the only Americans that are going to do 47s now, Heather Connor obviously can do over 401. And, and Jess, uh, the new 47 junior who's who's jumping over, she's done 412. Um, but Heather hasn't got a, a wildcard invite regardless yet. So thus far, they're both going to battle let out. That's a good battle. But it, it that sounds like it's it's not a, a storyline. 52s, look at Noemi Alibar can do this. Shiziko Rook, Shiziko, fucking Jesus. Rico, <laughs> Rico Shizuka can do this. Um, but they're both from France. There's not a single American woman in the 52s who's ever hit this. Uh, 57s, you have Joy Namani and you got Jad Jacob, who at the World Championships did 480 and 480.5 respectively, but 478, that's just two kilos away. We don't got Americans doing this right now. Unless some people jump over, I don't know. It's going to be very difficult. And nobody going to Sheffield as, a, as an American 57 thus far. So not really anything to talk about anyways there. 63s, there was nobody who hit that, um, including Megan Scanlon, who won the world championship. So she's got to go. She's got to battle it out. Um, 69s, you know, Chandler Babb is still USVI, and I don't believe it's crossing over. I think she's going to stay loyal to USVI. So look, at this is wide open. 76s, it's the same deal. This is wide open on the men's and women's. You know, you got Amanda Lawrence who could hit that, but Amanda Lawrence even has, has a good fucking day. You know, Amanda Lawrence has a good day because unfortunately... Yeah. They're taking her totals that won this, and she's got some monster totals. Amanda Lawrence can't sleepwalk to even make this Q1, and that's Amanda Lawrence. So, um, yeah, and Bonica Brown, obviously, it depends on who the 84 pluses that might show up. More mm. 84s are starting to, 84 plus are showing up, uh, popping up, but still, the, you get an indication these are fucking high, man. I mean, very few people are going to hit this. I know when we talk about nationals, we're like, oh, like everyone's got these big totals in mind, but. It doesn't always happen like that, especially if other people show up and you end up battling. And then it's like, well, good luck, man. It doesn't always happen like that. Um, I think these these are very high qualifications. Now, let's talk about it. Chance, you being an individual who more than likely had concern. Well, you had to have had concern looking at this like because you were in this predicament. How, how am I supposed to lay this out to myself? What are your thoughts when this came up? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I'm looking at, obviously, from my perspective is, do I get punished for 
you know, the accomplishment of making Sheffield, <laughs> where, you know, now we have to do a, a quick turnaround to do another meet. You know, four weeks is still, you know, enough time to not, you know, be crushed and have it really affect you that much. You, you know, who knows how bad it really will be. Um, but I, I wanted to see that, okay, hey, are we going to at least get an opportunity to, you know, have it compare or cross over a little bit to Powerlifting American Nationals? You know, their goal, I think, Powerlifting America wanted to make sure that PA Nationals didn't get kind of thrown under the, under the bus and that, you know, it was still valued pretty high, right? Where Sheffield's this huge meet, but Powerlifting American Nationals needs to be, hey, this is how we actually get into, you know, worlds again. Um, so they didn't want to discredit that, you know. And, and they also have to weigh. So there's there's a couple of concerns here. Everybody's they got to try to be fair to everybody. So here it is. Mm -hmm. You want to be fair to the reigning world champions for an opportunity for them to come back and once again defend their title and start you know making a bit of a dynasty at the world championship level. On the flip side, you also want to be fair to people on the come up who are like, look at with respect, everyone. I I want to stab at this. Like you have people on the come up every single year. And you don't want a blockade of new talent where it's like, well, guess what? Um, you know, chance winning or anyone winning means you just don't have an opportunity any either. So it's difficult when you have the schedule is what it is. And it might not be the schedule every year moving forward. Let's just, let's just take this as a unique year where this is the schedule, but without, and there's no official announcements and I sure as shit, I'm not saying anything, but like in terms of like rumors or innuendos, all I'm saying is, Everybody is aware this isn't the greatest of schedules and everybody has eyes on this. Let's just assume things can change and we see things change continuously, right? Mm -hmm. So this is a unique year. Let's just deal with this one year on because some people might get hyperbolic and come like, oh, we fucking go out every year. This will be a disaster. So this is a unique year to make the best of it. How do you feel? Do you think this is as fair as they can make a chance? What are your thoughts? This is as fair again without punishing the Sheffield lifters too much. You know, I, I think it all honestly still incentivizes us to still compete at Powerlifting American Nationals. Um, you know, that's that's what they want. They want to crown the national champ and say, okay, hey, this is our person who's going to go to the worlds. It makes it a little weird now because you know there's going to be a lot of winners and a lot of people maybe not may not hit that total and people are just like, okay, we'll see what happens and we'll see what the team is going to be like. And, and I think it actually works out well to make sure that the strongest lifters go. Uh, but it is going to be weird in terms of like that period where we don't really know who's you know, doing what. And okay. It's kind of this shady kind of thing where it's, you know, as long as we look at the numbers and the scoring, it should make sense. Um, but I, I, I think it's good that Sheffield lifters still get some sort of like boost. We, we get an extra little opportunity if we want to. What are your thoughts, Arian? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. And, and like you said, we don't know if any of these schedules are going to change, um, whether it's Sheffield, Worlds, or Nationals, if it's ever going to change. But uh, yeah, I guess the idea here is that you want people to come to your Nationals. You don't want it to be a scenario where the top lifters never show up to Nationals. They just go to Sheffield, qualify for Worlds, go to Sheffield, qualify for Worlds, and then you have less lifters in your meet and you don't have like the best lifters in your meet. So this kind of like, yeah, tries to incentivize people come to Nationals hit this total and you get the automatic spot and you're guaranteed, you know, no one's going to take that spot away from you. But if you don't come to nationals and don't hit that total, then you go into alternates and you have to see what happens. Um, and it's going to be interesting. People might be a little bit used to it because this year, 
they did have a minimum total, even though it was much lower. So there was, for example, like no one in the 57. So we got to double up with the bringing Chelsea Savin and Kristen Dunsmore. So some people are used to it. Like when you were doing the live stream, you have to explain to people, hey, it's not just winning nationals. They have to hit this minimum total. That's what they're shooting for. So people are kind of used to it. It's just going to be much harder this time. And then you're like, chances, there's going to be a lot more empty spots and you have to see. It could be interesting too, where maybe it's going to be a more competitive team for worlds because you might double up in the 93s you might double up in 83s but then you may be missing a 105 you may be missing 120 and so it's going to be an interesting makeup well here's how a lot of other countries are right a lot of other countries have these you know open spots everywhere and then two and two and two and two um but it's also like you know they don't have the depth that maybe usa does so they do have some weird situations where it is those two strongest lifters it would suck for them to not have to take a, a really really competitive you know, two uh, man team of, you know, one of fives and instead of just kind of spreading it out. I, I kind of like that system. I think it makes sure that people, you know, the strongest lifters get to go, but it does create a little bit of controversy. Here's the thing. So now looking at this, if anyone has concern, first off, and we can start getting more individualized looking at particular possible outcomes within certain weight classes, just for discussion purposes. But overall, when you look at this and you see the qualifying totals and some people are voicing possible concern, like, are we going to necessarily send the best team? Is this the way to send the strongest team? When I look at those qualifying totals, so very few people are going to be able to hit those. Um, if you can fucking hit that total and U.S. is sending you, U.S. doesn't have to be like, ah, oh, shit, we're humming and hawing. I don't know. Listen to me. If you're an 83 and you hit 825.5 and up, you're fucking world-class and only Russell or he's <laughs> a lock to beat you. Like us doesn't have to hum and hum and be like, Oh God, we're sending Gruden. But what about Delaney would have been two and a half kilo more or we're sending Delaney, but Gruden would have been two and a half kilo more. You're arguing two and a half kilo, no matter how this swings, like you're going to be phenomenal. Like you're going to be, it's not, you know, on any given day, like it's, I don't foresee. Is there, is there any looking at this? Is there any way us is sending like a weak team here? These are all crazy totals we're looking at. Yeah, I mean, no. only like I said, the two, you know, me and Kaiko were the only ones in the men's side that that made it. That, that <laughs> would have made it. Right? And Jesus, yeah, like yeah, exactly, Jesus, yeah, yeah, like exactly. That's why. Um, I mean, you know, Taylor can hit this. You, there's very yeah. few people who are going to hit this, but it's a uh, it's a battle. I'm not saying other people can't, but Fragman, if you can hit these and qualify, holy smokes! Now, and Arian, what do you think? I was just gonna say, I was trying to look at world to see, you know, both our teams did very well, but I was trying to see what like the lower placings were. Kristen obviously was hurt. So she got 12th, but other than that, it was like Chelsea Savage got fifth. Uh, Marisa got sixth and Dana got like fourth. So we did have a few lifters that were outside the top five. So this can, is going to build your first core group of people who can get top three. And even doubling up, like we said, maybe 83s, maybe 47s, maybe 93s, you double up, you get one, two, or two and three. And then you can still fill it in with those other people that might get fourth, fifth, or sixth, or whatever, based on whatever the overall ranking is. So yeah, if anything, the team could be stronger going forward. It's not going to be a situation where they get weaker unless lifters decide like not to show up to nationals. Like, uh, I don't want to go anymore, which is, doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So let's talk about this. Before we get individualized again, we're still kind of high level at this point. To dive a little more into that, what you're saying is for people listening, if people can't hit those Carpinos, which are very high totals, it starts opening up the possibility 
instead of sending whatever someone from this weight class, you're doubling up for people who can hit those Carpinos. And that means they're extremely strong in that team. Instead of sending a team with people who are going to be ranked, you know, outside the top five or off the podium, it could be all shooters, all just people who are, instead of sending someone who might come in seventh, you're sending two people who are likely to podium in a different weight class. And is that necessarily a bad thing? Or is that necessarily a good thing? We could debate back and forth, but this, because some people want a representation of all the weight classes. I tune into a session. I like to see an American in there. If I'm an American, I want to see one of my people in there. Or would I prefer, you know what? I prefer pulling somebody who's going to be seventh. Let's see 293s. Let's see 283s. Let's see, you know, it's, um. what do you think, Chance? When you have somebody that barely gets in, you know, for me, my situation last year where I, I didn't make the alternate, right? Um, I needed someone to kind of give me the spot and it worked out well. And so, you know, I ended up winning. Um, you know, I'm going to say I'm super, super biased there that I, I think, you know, having two people in that position that could win is a huge deal. Um, but if we had, you know, killers in every weight class that could, you know, hit that, you know, gold uh, placing, then, you know, I would say, you know, go for that. I, I think that's a little bit better. Uh, but I think this settles that, that situation, doesn't it? I think so. I mean, as best you yeah. can anyways, given, right. g- you know, given the scheduling it is, Arian, what are your thoughts? I mean, the, the only argument I can see, or maybe, yeah, maybe just one argument you can see for people saying like, oh, we should send each weight class is like some people will say like, you know, this isn't like a professional sport where you're like funding the team, you get to select who you want and you pay in some of the world. It's everyone pays for themselves. So people think like, hey, if I won nationals, if I'm the national champion, no one else decides to show up in this weight class and challenge me regardless of what the total is, I should get to go to world. So some people think that way, like, hey, I won the weight class, you know, who cares if it's going to rank 10th at worlds, I should still get to go. Um, I can see I can see that for like the people who have lower totals. Like let's say if the 93s, let's say Chance and Kaiko and all these people stayed USAPL, Gavin, Bryce, Preachy, all stay USAPL, and someone comes with like an 800 kilo total to powerlifting American Nationals and wins with 800 kilo total, they want to say, okay, listen, I won the weight class, I should go to Worlds. Um, now they they can't do that. Now they see an empty spot, but they're like, man, this total is still holding me back. I'm going to fall on the alternates and the alternates, I'm never going to make the team. Whereas if it wasn't there, then they can make the team and go to Worlds. So if there is a empty weight class where it could be an easier win, those people may be less likely to come. But we don't have much of those. We had, I think, the 57s. Um, and then now we'll see with Marisa retired. We'll see who comes and takes that spot. There's going to be people probably coming for the 52s and 57s. So it may not be a situation where there's like a really low toll that wins nationals. And then they're like, what's the point of coming to nationals? Yeah, I I suspect there's going to be, it's going to, it's going to get more and more competitive and more and more people are going to come over. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be interesting. And again, I think this is going to be a unique year. Let's maybe take a look at these division to by division. Shall we, gentlemen? Mm-hmm. What do you think? So the 59s. Do we have a 59 that we foresee can hit that total to get the Carpino one and make it? Is there any Americans? The, the closest would be Wasker, who has, I think, a 590. I'm trying to pull it up right now. 590. And so 613. Let me pull that up. Was it 613? Yeah. So 613.5590. I mean, he hit 590 in, in March. I think he's being coached by uh, Steve Denovi now for this one. And it seems like he's hitting PRs and training is going well. So he has the potential to go uh, 600 plus. 
It's tough, man. It's 23.5 kilo for a 59 kilo guy. It's tough. And he's phenomenal lifter. But that's, um, but again, he has nobody at Sheffield that we need to worry about. There's nobody at Sheffield going in the 59s that this is even a discussion point anyways. Looking at the 66s, the same deal. You know, we have nobody that this is going to impact directly between Sheffield and Nationals. Um, 74s. Yeah, but the, the the thing is, too, just going by each of these weight classes, like that then opens up a slot for someone in Sheffield. So, like, if Wasker can't hit it because he's 20 kilos away, that can open up a spot. For these 66s, I was actually talking to Jonathan Garcia about this last night because he was wondering what's going on. His PR total is 697, so we have to hit a 5.5 kilo PR total at Nationals in order to get the spot. Otherwise, it'll open up for someone at Sheffield to potentially steal that spot. You're right. So you get bumped by someone in Sheffield if you can't hit it. Uh, and uh, by the way, bumped by somebody not in your weight class. Again, for anyone listening, they could double up and weight a different weight class uh, besides yourself. Um, in the 74s, obviously, you know, we're assuming Taylor could show up, hit that with like, I mean, he hit 790, like he was sleepwalking after literally traveling the world. He's going to hit 769.5. He'll hit 770, sleepwalking again, and then show up at Sheffield and go whatever. It'll, it'll mean nothing. 83s gets a little interesting, though. What are some scenarios that could play out in the 83s? Because we all know Delaney Wallace is a lock for Sheffield. He won the world championships. Um, he hit the 95%. So he's he's going to, to Sheffield. What, what are some scenarios we're thinking here, Arian? Yeah, I mean, for him, it's tough if he, if he wants to do nationals because his PR is 8225 from 2021 USAPL Nationals. So you'd have to hit a PR in Austin and then turn around in four weeks and go to Sheffield and try to compete there. So it depends on whether he wants to try and do that and shoot for that 825 or pass on it and leave it open. Then yes, yeah, someone else potentially could come and get it. Um, one would be, you know, Sean Jin, who we had on the podcast the other month saying he wants to go for that 10 times body weight total and how his training is going well and other stuff like that. And then the other would be if anyone transfers over from or switches over from USAPL, like a Deuce Gruden, um, Russ, I think, has toyed with the IP idea of coming back to IPF, but maybe not next year, maybe the year after. Mm-hmm. What do you think? We still have chance? to get them to do a Powerpoint American Nationals meet. So we'll know, you know, before the end of the year, you know, who can actually do it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the 83s? How do you, what do you think is going to happen here, Chance? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the difficult situation for Delaney is just deciding, okay, do I really want to, you know, create sheffield as the huge meet where i'm going to hit all these you know prs and try to get you know some money um if he doesn't think he's going to be able to do that then you want to probably lock up the nationals position right um and win and get that spot without having to worry about any of the carpino stuff and alternate situation to ensure that he gets to malta again it's tricky he's total so close but not there so who knows that is an inter- interesting point chance makes like for chance like let's say he's going to sheffield he can break the delaware record he can break the total world record and then he can win money for breaking the individual record and then whatever his placing is for someone who's further away like delaney maybe think oh i can't take russ's records i'm going to be lower on the placing i'm not going to win that much money if i do win money you know but he maybe wants to go to worlds again you know that was his first time that was his first world title maybe he wants to keep going to worlds every year and trying to win that so yeah maybe he shifts the focus to nationals and then whatever he does at sheffield for fun he does yeah i mean his his battle he's gonna have a battle at nationals sean jin is coming in, coming into the open and saying he's going for an 830 and if he falls short and he's somewhere in the 820s that's a battle for for delaney gruden comes over gruden's hit 817.5 
that's going to be a battle for Delaney. Delaney's got heavy, heavy opposition potentially coming for him at PA Nats. Those are battles. He might go full into PA Nats and go all out to secure that world title spot, the world championship spot. And then in Sheffield, I mean, you got four weeks. It's it's not the greatest, but it's not the craziest either. And um, I mean, like, like we'd already discussed, the world records that uh, Russ has put up are, are, are pretty high. Not crazy out of reach. Um, seeing how Delaney has hit 822 and a half, but they're pretty freaking high. Uh, like in terms of the total, I mean, he's not going to take the squat world record. Um, the deadlift world record, obviously ridiculous with Enna. And um, the bench world record with with Brett and Owen Hubbard tossing that around. So the individual world records extremely difficult. The open total world record, it'd be it's a big ask. Impossible, no, no. He 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 could do this, but he might tell himself, "Look at a, I'm I got a battle coming head to head at PA Nats. Go full send, win those battles, and then the world record afterwards. Let's rock and roll. Let's have some fun because Sheffield's going to be a blast, no doubt." Um, but there, and, and we don't know even if another 83 is coming for a head to head battle at Sheffield. So it could be exhibition lifts, which takes a little ease off. If it's exhibition lifts and you know, you're not that close to the world record, you're showing up, you having fun. You're going to do your best, but it's a different animal. If, and this is a segue into 93s, your chance Mitchell, and you got monsters showing up at potentially PA and you got potential and more than likely going to have monsters showing up at Sheffield because the 93s were so flipping amazing. You guys did such a good job at Worlds. Everybody wants to see an encore presentation. Now we're looking at something entirely different. And it's going to be all eyes on. I appreciate the announcement by Brendan Petrie. Um, now we also have a couple more announcements that we got to keep waiting for, particularly Gavin Aiden. Um, what what route he's going we're not sure. And, and, and honestly, I don't know if he knows yet. <laughs> right. If, if I were Gavin, I mean, it might like for everybody listening, I tried to get to USVI before all the powerlifting America stuff happened. And, you know, they're pretty selective with who could do it. If I were him and I got that spot, you're going to worlds. What are you trying to do? Taking another spot? I mean, yeah, you can take it from me and Kaiko. And then it kind of shows like, Hey, you know, I'm the head person. And now I have one less battle at worlds because I kind of knock someone off, but ultimately if you get that free spot, bro, take that, you know, every time if, if I were him. Um, and that's what I wanted to do, but you know, ultimately if he wants to come in and try to, to sneak, sneak a spot, you know, then, you know, somebody has to kind of defend it. Right. And here's the thing too. People were saying like, um, you know, I, I've, people have, have said comments, like if you're the burn your ships guy, you should go through the U S but on, to your point, it'd be like, if you're the burn the ships guy face me after I've had eight weeks or however, 10 weeks of prep, not four, you know, uh, same with Keiko. If Keiko ends up going to Sheffield, he'd be like, yeah, face me then. If you like, you know what I mean? Like, don't feel pressure from other people. They're just throwing pressure for the sake of pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, worlds is, is a big, we're all going to meet at worlds regardless. However you get there, you're not dodging competition. We're all going to see each other. We're all going to do this again. Um, if I saw a perfect world scenario, yeah, Gavin goes the, the USVI route, opening up PA Nats furthermore, and things start kind of falling into place a whole lot easier this way. Uh, but I guess we'll see. We could get the six-way rematch with me, Krastev, Sasha, you know, Gavin, 
um, Gustav and me, Kaiko. I mean, it could be that huge rematch again, but if not, like it may be, you know, one of us out of the three, if, if someone switches over and then it's kind of like, okay, well, we already saw it, you know, now, now, now worlds is kind of less competitive. I liked that. It was, you know, at Worlds, this huge battle where any six people could win, right. You know, that was crazy. Um, but it's up to him, you know, uh, if I were him, I know what I would do, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. And, and, and to your point, I mean, I think everybody would be, everybody would be a hundred percent when we get to worlds, mm-hmm. you know, in, in terms of uh, the possible potential, like if I'm going to see a showdown, I prefer everybody's at a hundred percent myself. What do you think an Arian? Yeah. I mean, it's a tough, uh, I've talked with Gavin about it, give my thoughts, but it's tough. Yeah. It's like you can stay USVI and just take the easier route to worlds and then hit all those guys at worlds at the highest level. Uh, when everyone, you know, is peaking for that big competition a year. But I, I kind of started seeing that possible strategy like, oh, well, what if you go to Powerlifting America, you hit the 868 and you get the automatic spot and try and steal that spot. But the other thing is, as we're going through these weight classes that we discussed, a lot of other people are going to fall into the alternates. So then if you have, let's say, a Wasker Carpio in the 59s in the alternates and you have Chance and Keiko in the alternates, then Chance and Keiko are probably going to be higher than Wasker and maybe higher than some of these other people. And so they may just get in anyways. And then you got Gavin versus Chance versus Emil and these guys at Worlds anyway. So with this new system, you may not actually knock those guys out compared to like a previous system if you're just taking each weight class champion and then Chance and Keiko would be left out if they don't show up to national. So it may not have the, the same effect. Well, I mean, if that happens, though, I mean, me or Kaiko would lose a spot. Yeah, one of you would. Because we could only take two. Yeah, or one of you had to go 105, which, you know, maybe you'd want to do it just to go to Worlds again. I mean, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Yeah, that is interesting. Think about that. but, but But still, potentially, like, one of you could still get in. And so you're only knocking maybe one person out of Worlds versus if you just stayed against USVI, you can all still go to Worlds. Well, I, I mentioned this situation exactly to Ryan because I, I, I was saying that if that something like that happens where Gavin comes over, he takes the spot um, and say, for example, Kaiko gets into or I, Kaiko doesn't get into Sheffield. OK, now, you know, say, for example, Kaiko or Gavin wins. Right. Then they're the, the loser goes into the tertiary selection. And assuming, you know, I do what I do, I automatically get that priority over third place, even if they total more than me. That, that would be like a, yeah, that's like a worst case st- scenario for Gavin. He switches <laughs> yeah. over, loses to Keiko at nationals. Keiko gets the first spot. Then you get on through the second spot and then Gavin doesn't get more on. Than me. He totaled yeah. more than me. And, but because he didn't win, you know, he gets to that third spot where I just can do whatever. Yeah. And then he's the one that's left out. Yeah. So it's, it's high, high risk, high reward. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, that's these things are these are that is a very unique scenario that I can only see happening in the 93s uh, because you guys are close enough. And when we talk about um, somebody out totaling someone else, it's going to be fucking close. You guys are all super good and, and cluster. You guys like your top end talent is, is very close. But I honestly, in terms of how they made this, you know, system and trying to make it as fair as possible. And that being the the only little quirk in it, I think it's only relevant to the 93s unless I'm missing a weight class where I think this might be potentially happening. I mean, it's a very unique scenario. And you're always going to have some weird scenarios pop up in any situation. That's why I think they did the best they could here. But um, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know how much they even know if like if they know 
would Gavin switch over? Would anyone else from USVI switch over if they're not even considering that? They're just looking at their own team and stuff like that. So they may not even know about that situation, but yeah. I just thought of this because, you know, the USVI Nationals happens. You know, Gavin would have to formally switch over to Powerlifting America and do a Powerlifting America meet before USVI Nationals and declare that he's not. So once he commits, he has to commit soon, then it's over. Like you're commi- fully committed. You have to go that route and you're done. And you can't switch back. Yeah. Where I think a lot of people have been kind of looking at, okay, should I go to IPF or not? And they kind of think, but once you commit, like you can't keep going back and forth. This is it. And that USVI door is going to close yeah. once he comes over. And that's, <laughs> and that's a wrap. And then, and then the other names, like, you know, Brandon Petrie did post that he's not going to IPF, but initially he had said he was thinking about doing it. Now he's saying he's not, who knows, maybe he changes his mind in the next few months, just does a local oh meet God. and then decide. Can you so, yeah. so, so then maybe you're going against Brandon Petrie nationals. And then, um, as chance had said, before we got on the call is, uh, Bryce Lewis has signed up for a local meet on November 19th mm-hmm. and he signed up for the 93s. So now what if you have to go up against Bryce Lewis at nationals as well? And then who knows what, who else comes. Uh, also for that local meet, Garrett Blevins is signed up, but he's signed up for the 105s because he normally competes as 105s. So there's other people that are signing up for these local meets and potentially switching over and coming to nationals. So it might not just be like, oh, you get to win nationals. It might be Keiko's there, might be Bryce Lewis is there, maybe Petrie changes his mind, he's there, and then you have to go against all these guys. What are your thoughts here, Chance? Are you telling yourself, full send, secure the world championship uh, ticket, and then Sheffield, because you don't know, you might you might feel great four weeks later as well. You know, you it, it like you're full. It depends on how beat up you get after these events, and your travel is is lovely. It's all in Texas in terms of the uh, where you live as well as the national. So little va- variables that beat up the body as well aren't going to be there. Um, so you could probably go battle, and four weeks later, do you think you'd be able to battle again? Yeah, I think it all depends on how I feel at the time. If I feel beat up, you know, I, I really don't have to do that. I, I believe that being a Sheffield lifter with the criteria that we see, I would get a spot for Worlds. You know, I, I think there's going to be a, an open up, you know, spot from a national champ that maybe doesn't make that that QT. Um, so I'm not super worried there. But, you know, yeah, I mean, if I the way I train, if people have seen how I train, I train, you know, very heavy and a lot of volume, very close to comp um, where people like try to taper off and kind of peak for one specific meet where I don't necessarily do that. Um, so it is usually pretty okay to have, you know, a little bit lesser of a, of a meet where I, I, you know, maybe I do the volume squat volume and stuff in the back warm up room after the meet, um, and, you know, still train through it. Right. So there's, I mean, there's a possibility that I could do it. Um, you know, I have no idea what's going to happen with the Sheffield numbers and who's actually going to get in, you know, I think it, it matters, you know, if Tyco also gets in, and then we have to see, you know, okay, who will actually bother doing it? Um, because yeah, if there's two 93s at Sheffield, you know, one of us can only get that spot. or can't be two in that secondary criteria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. Unless, of course, like somebody shows up and Nats doesn't hit that Q1, doesn't hit that Carpino one. Yeah, and then and, you both could get in. And then you're both in. Yeah. Um, and that can happen, man. It's it's not uh I mean, it's not a given you're going to hit. It's 868. That's not, that's no joke. You know, even, even for some good lifters, sometimes you have, a, you have somewhat of an off day and that's, that's a wrap. Um, so we'll have to see how it, how it shakes up. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it could also be a situation. Uh, we'll see what the final decision is. Let's say Keiko does get the Sheffield invite, and then both Keiko and Chance decide to do Nationals and Sheffield. Then, you know, all these other guys could be chasing both of them, like Chance and Keiko go one and two. Then, you know, one gets in through the automatic, one can get in through the secondary from Sheffield, and then they both get the spots again, and everyone else is out. And they're both kind of even playing field. They both compete at nationals against each other, and then four weeks later, both compete against each other at Sheffield. Well, that's yeah, it. But I, I think the way Kaiko trains, it would affect him more than it would affect me. Maybe, like, yeah. Conventional deadlift, like super, super taxing to max out, you know, versus, you know, that alone, I think, is a, is a big deal. Yeah, a little bit more traveling for him too, and and you have the experience like you went to a desert barbell in, in in Dubai before you went to World, so you were like already traveling, and then you know used to kind of getting that time zone and then switching and stuff like that. So yeah, probably a little bit easier for you making weight, you know, competing in Austin, and then having four weeks before you have to go to the UK. With the UK, you're all are heading out there early, so you'll kind of get used to it. So yeah, you might have an advantage there. But you are right. It is if Keiko shows up in Nats. And chances at Nats, it is literally like it's going to be a battle. Both and we're both going to go through the same thing. We're going to battle it out. None of us, neither one of us has a one up, like clear one up, like maybe stylistically someone's better off, you know, like an egg at the shit go competes every other week and, and it's fine, right? Like some people, she'd be like four weeks. Are you kidding me? It's a lifetime. But for you guys, if it is you two both showing up at Nats, um, yeah, like and Gavin goes USVI or whatever the hell. It is pretty even keel. Look at this is battle. I'll we'll battle, and in a month we'll cross the pond and battle again, and we'll get another rematch. Or more, both you feel a little beat. I'm a little beat up, but let's fucking scrap it out. Um, so it'll still be good. It'll be it'll be really good, actually. We'll, we we'll could have three rematch. I mean, three rematches with me and Kaiko <laughs> if this if this happens that way, and he gets an invite for Sheffield too. That'll be it. Crazy. It honestly, within a month, fortunes can change. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how close it is. <laughs> Um, look, looking at the one Oh fives, what's it look like? Do we have any kind of Mikey D we got Mikey D and we don't know if he's got a wild card yet or not, obviously. Um, but is there people that are going to come and possibly threaten Mikey D? I don't believe so. A, a, a lot of like unlikelies, like people that could hit that nine Oh one would be like Ashton or Bob, but I don't see them switching over. Right. And then below Mikey is uh, Joseph Amendola, but I believe he's busy with work and like not training to the same level. So his toll may not be up there as much. Um, then again, you have like a bit Bain and Petrie who can go one Oh fives, but he's saying he's not going to. And then other USAPL, US, USAPL people would be like um, Garrett Blevins, who is doing one Oh fives. He's done eight eighty five, So it's a little bit of a reach depending on what kind of progress he's made in those years. So more than likely, I mean, depends on what happens with Mike, but he can, Mikey can probably hit the the qualifying total, probably has not anyone threatening for, still have room. Even if he gets a Sheffield invite, he could probably hit that, have a bit of buffer, not be pushed in terms of a battle at Nats, um, and then go to Sheffield if he gets a Sheffield wild card. And if he doesn't, you know, he's probably, he's, I don't think anybody else is like, no one's going to go to Sheffield from the U S so that's, it'd be him or no one else. So that's probably a non, and he's probably going to hit this at Nats and secure this before anyone at Sheffield regardless. So he's probably as settled as we're looking at. Right. I mean, I think he has still has to have a really good day. I mean, it's not like he can screw up. He, he has to have a good day. No, no issues. And then what, he can hit that, that total. What are his past few totals? Let's, let's pull this up. He, he did nine ten at worlds, but he did 
892.5 at nationals where he also had the grip issues. So he missed his two deadlifts. So like chance is saying like, he can't slip up and have like some grip issues and then be under 900. He has to, you know, at least make probably eight attempts there. Maybe Sam back a little bit on, on squam bench if he wants to, mm-hmm. but yeah, if he's not getting the Sheffield invite, he could just go all out at nationals to like test his grip strength, test his total, everything like that and prepare himself for, you know, the redemption at worlds, which you have more time to get uh, to prepare for at this time. And if he does get the Sheffield invite, yeah, he lives in Texas, so it's not much travel. Um, maybe he holds back a little bit if he has no competition and save himself for Sheffield. Yeah, that, you know, at that PA Nats, when he did 892.5, he missed his last two deadlifts, which was a little bit surprising. Um, so he went one for three, and that would be pretty sur- – if he can't hit that qualifying total, he could possibly get bumped for somebody at Sheffield. Mm. You know, they don't yeah. send a one – and in his, you know, both of those meets, he went six for six on squat, you know, on bench. So that's, that's more of my point. It's like, as long as he does that, then, you know, he probably could afford, you know, one deadlift miss, but two, absolutely not. But that's assuming, you know, the six for six. But he did, even in South Africa under IPF international judging hit nine ten mm-hmm. after flying the world. Yeah. It's a, that Definitely. big intangible man is that freaking grip. <laughs> That's also, yeah, where he missed a delf on a second attempt, then he switched to the mixed grip and got it like more comfortably on the third attempt. So maybe he's doing just going to do mixed grip going forward now and that'll help out stabilize his total. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see. And the and the the 120s, um, what is this total that we have to have here? Let me pull up this again. Uh, 922.5, that's a big ask. Mm-hmm. It's not the craziest. Now we've seen what Lugo's done in the gym. And um, obviously Africa traveling the world to go all the way to Africa isn't, is no easy ask, but what are we thinking here? Yeah, that's his best total is nine twenty. you know, uh, raw. So just underneath that, you know, barely, but you know, that was the, the big travel me. So it's yeah. And yeah. That, other than him, there's, you know, Mike T who hit eight ninety five at a meet in March. So it just depends on how much he's sandbagged at the meet and how much he's going to be able to progress. Other people in USAPL, like there's Jared Martin, who's done 947.5, but I, I doubt he switches over. Um, and yeah, and then Lugo, you know, he was at that um, 920 at Nationals. So now he'd have to hit 922. And then I believe Tristan got injured, but I don't know how bad it was mm-hmm. to get him back up because he did 890 and tried to remember pull for the win. Um, so that one's, that one's going to be a tough one too. It depends on how Enrique's training is going, whether he's going to do it and, and make sure he hits all his attempts. He needs a PR total, but not a big PR total. It's a two and a half kilo PR total, but he needs a PR total nonetheless at nationals to secure this. Um, and we're assuming he's not going to Sheffield. If he goes to Sheffield, I mean, it's a whole nother and he's got two kicks at it. And that's another way some people can look at it is like, if you're like Lugo, he could be looking at it like Nats. Like, are you going to hold back at Nats? Go chef. He might be like, look at man, this is maybe two opportunities for me to try to hit this. I don't know. Maybe I try to hit this both, both times. Like it could might take two kicks. The, the other way. I mean, if Lugo does get the invite and there isn't like anyone really good at nationals, like he can take a look at the roster is the other way you can look at it is pass on nationals and right. then just hit the nine twenty two at Sheffield. And then you get in through the secondary spot. That's right. 
That's right. That's probably the it's best funny, way. It's funny that we keep saying like, oh, if this person gets into Sheffield, it's like, how many fucking spots do we have left? <laughs> well, it's one of, it's tough because you never want to write someone out. I mean, right. I know what you mean. Yeah, You're yeah. right. You're 100% right. In terms of the big battles, we could talk about Sheffield <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. And then, of course, the 120 pluses is, is um, you know, the land of Jesus Oliveras. And we're assuming he could probably show up at PA Nats, secure that, and um, and then show up at Sheffield if he gets a Sheffield wild card and just fucking go all out. And he could probably hold back, secure the PA Nats W, um, get the qualifying total, and then go all out at Sheffield, which is um, probably what we're all anticipating here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to look at the other names. Like, yeah, Jesus could get it comfortably because he's been doing over that for that total for years now. And then he doesn't have to cut weight. He doesn't really have to travel. Um, the other person would be if Ray Williams does switch over. He did 10.22.5 um, at the v- Virginia Pro at December 2021. So it depends on where his health is at and what what's his goals and whether he wants to come and do that. So then if Jesus didn't go to Nationals, Ray could take that spot. Or if Jesus does Nationals, then he actually has to make sure he beats Ray to get that spot. And then from there, yeah, it kind of uh, falls off as far as um, everyone else who can do 1,000 plus or uh, mostly other federations or uh, other member nations or retired. I just want to say this again. Sorry, I'll, I'll just pump this out, Chance, while I get a chance, and then you you hop in there. But um, <laughs> this is right now the last registered total by Jesus Oliveras is 1022.5. The last registered total by Ray Williams is 1022.5. And these gentlemen, <laughs> as it stands now... For what it's worth, our neck and neck. And if this showdown's ever going to happen, I mean, is it PA Nats? It's got to happen at Sheffield. Yeah. It's got to happen yeah. at Sheffield. But you're right. What if what if Ray's like, well, what if I want to go to Worlds? Then you know that's when it's like, oh, SBD, oh man, don't kill this. And you know, but um, that showdown. If we're ever going to have the showdown, years in the making with two super heavyweights, and we haven't had a super heavyweight showdown in years that anyone's going to really be excited about. It's been a hot minute and we might have that showdown finally. And they both are neck and neck forward. It's worth that internet. Like they're 10, 22.5. Um, so yes, we can hype the shit out of that. The, but the, the other, the other funny part, as far as Ray Williams path is he's, he can go to Sheffield because SPD can, you know, send whoever they want and they right. can put Ray in there if they want but he's not qualified for nationals. So he'd have to do a local meet PA local meet to qualify for nationals to get the spot or he can, or, or he could just get invited directly to Sheffield. If I was him, a- look at, <laughs> if I, if I was him and I got that wild card invite, I'm like, fuck PA Nats. Just let's go. Just the go. Biggest meet. Let's go because I don't know how many meets he's got in them. I don't know how long he wants to do this, but he can have like, be, be a part of Sheffield while you can, because beating Jesus head to head is going to be very, 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 very difficult. Um, and getting more difficult by the day. Um, he just pulled 410. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys seen it. I just reposted it. Yeah. Yeah. But- so I, I don't know if, if what Matt Gary's planning and when they're going to send out the Sheffield invites and stuff like that. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, like, oh, you can't come to the Nationals unless you do a local meet. But then SPD's like, no, nah, you can come to Sheffield, the biggest meet ever, and win money, go head to head against Jesus, and still maybe get the secondary spot to make the team for Worlds. Mm-hmm. Oh, mean, that's right. He, he could. Just- <laughs> yeah, well, he can just do any you know random Mississippi meet and do twenty five kilos and everything. It's it's gonna be funny. I, I want to see people you know post their meat recap and you know have the twenty five kilo there. And <laughs> the only thing exactly as planned. The only thing that kills <laughs> that 
for the Sheffield hype is that right now, currently, and I'm telling you, if you're going to sell this, both him and Jesus, as it stands, are neck and neck, exactly tied. And and um, so that's where leading at the Sheffield. Let's decide this, and there can only be one. So I don't know. Hopefully, it doesn't happen. I, I did have a question that I was going to, uh, you know, just thought of this is, you know, say, for example, me and uh, Jesus don't go to nationals. We just do Sheffield. What total um, do I have to hit or what does he have to hit, you know, to beat me or, you know, vice versa uh, to get the priority in that? Because we'll both hit, you know, over the Carpino, but what's the tiebreaker there? Yeah, I mean, I guess they didn't, uh, I guess they didn't consider that situation. If, yeah, if, if like multiple of you lifters, you, Delaney, Jesus, uh, Taylor, all hit hit over Carpino one, who gets the priority to fill in the spots? So Gotta it could, points. it be. could be, yeah, it could be GL points. I thought the only, the only other way I can think of is if it's like whatever percentage above the Carpino one, you guys broke it by. I wonder they, yeah, I mean, you could find a tiebreaker if you wanted to. I wonder if they would do the Carpino or GL points only because GL points is how you can win best lifter, et cetera, at worlds. And I'm wondering if they're like, that's more, I don't know. I, I just wonder if like, if they feel like GL points will just screw over Jesus, like he'd be ranked at the bottom versus if, if Jesus breaks the world, breaks Carpino one or even the world record by like 10% and Taylor only beats it by like 1%, then does that mean Jesus is better and you should take him? Because yeah, they're not, ju- you know, powerlifting America Nationals or powerlifting America doesn't care about Sheffield. Like that's the whole thing. <laughs> like no, I'm just know, saying. I'm just yeah. saying. Whatever percentage you're above the Carpino one, that correlates to how well you would do at Worlds for as far as placing. Right, right, right. And they GL do, po- do well. GL points. GL points necessarily wouldn't because all the 120 plus are going to have lower GL points. But right, that's right. what they did last year in the alternate. You know, I was the highest alternate because of GL points. So. Yeah. Oh, really? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> maybe you have to bring up this scenario to them i mean it's not i mean this is an expected scenario though right like you know just whoever yeah they they first alternate yeah they just didn't put it in there they just said yeah carpino won at sheffield but they didn't say yeah how those people are going to be ranked we're gonna have to find out these are some (laughs) this is a good question man because we're gonna have a lot of people we'll both get over that carpino one me taylor you know and then also jesus yeah Yeah, it's just like yeah, what if Keiko gets invited and he's over it and then Jesus and Ray get invited and they're over it and then there's only like, you know, there's a missing 59, 105, and 120. Like, how do you decide? That's a that's a stacked team. Maybe you should ask them and then say, oh, you guys should just do it by GL points. Like, toss the idea out there. Right into I got, listen, I got a solution for you. I'm not coming to you with a problem. I'm coming to you with a solution. And that's when they're going to listen to you. Be like, let's do GL points. But, um, all right, let's talk about the women's a little bit. All right. So if we're going through, uh, like we did the men's mm-hmm. for the 47s, we got Heather and, and, uh, Jess that are both likely to hit over 401. And that's a pretty, and both of them are very competitive at the world championship level. Only turbo tiff might be more than that. Um, 52s. Fudge, man. I don't think anybody's going to be able to hit 433.5. Um, 57, so that's going to be... Everybody's going to be in the, in the third selection of the, the Terry... How do you pronounce that? Tertiary. Tertiary. Fuck, what a stupid word. Uh, tertiary <laughs> selection. And um, 
57? Uh, same case. Is there anybody I'm not yeah. thinking about? The, the only person I'm looking on open policy that could do it would be a Natalie Richards, but um, she seems oh. like she's sticking out on USAPL side. But, you know, again, if she does want to switch, we'll see it coming by her doing a local meet. But she's done 485. Yeah, I don't know, Natalie Richards. She could swing either which way. I'm again, not sure. We'll know because we'll, we'll they have to you know, declare it and switch over and do the, the local meet. What about Celine the Machine, who was at 60 kilo? Yeah, she did 490 at 60. So she used to, comp she was originally 57 and then was going 63. So I don't know if she came back, if she would want to go back to 57 or maybe just fill out the 63s. But yeah, she could potentially drop three kilos and hope her total drops like 10 kilos. It's a possibility. Um, now let's segue. So obviously we had a couple of women in the 47s, but we're, it depends on what shakes up with the 52s and 57s. Looking at the 63s, 518.5. Now we're talking if Celine the Machine goes, I'm going 63 kilo. I have three kilo buffer up from what you see me at US Raw Nats, which she won. She's got to add to her total, but training's been going well. She has three extra kilo body weight, feels good, eats into it. Um, I don't know. It's a possibility. It's a big jump in, in, in total, but we've seen that kind of jump. Is there anybody else in 63s? Obviously, we've got Megan Scanlon, who's in the early 500s and could conceivably put on, what is it, 15 kilo range? Yeah, she did 505 at Worlds, and that's uh, her PR in that weight class. And then the, the highest person would be Sam Calhoun who's done 511 in 63s, but I'm not sure if she's going to be switching or not. See, it's crazy. It's Sam Calhoun would struggle to hit this qualifying total. And that's Sam Calhoun, for God's sake, who's a, a staple in like the 63 kilo class in the U.S. for mm -hmm. years. And she would struggle. This is all because of Leah Bavwa, by the way. <laughs> and if Leah Bavwa had made it onto the platform at this World Championships, that'd be even worse. That would make the average total even worse. I mean, it is a blessing that it's only, I say, air quote, only 518.5 because if Leah Baba showed up in South Africa and did that world championships, what are we looking at? It'd be freaking <laughs> crazy. You would be like, well, you have to have a, what kind of total would it be? Yeah. It might've been higher than the 69s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would have been crazy, man. People like, well, that's a fucking wrap. We're all going in, in the third, you know, category here. Um, 69 kilo class, which is only four kilos more in terms of the qualifying total, 522.5. And, what are we looking at in terms of possible 69s? Kristen Dunsmore, obviously uh, one last PA Nats, but has been dealing with injuries again, was injured at World Championships. Um, we have Chelsea Savitt, who went to Worlds. And what was her total? Just two kilo. Uh, oh, that was the Nationals total. What did she do at Worlds? 495? Or her, or, okay, so yeah. she's quite a bit below that. Um, Claire Zay, is she 69 or 76? I believe she signed up for 69s for a, a local meet. She hasn't done the local meet yet. I think it's actually this weekend. So we'll see if she ends up doing 69s and, and what she totals because she did the USAPL Nationals weighing 73 kilos and did 527.5. So um, I'm guessing she already started that cut early to get down to 69s. And then we'll see if it affects her total or not. And doesn't have to be all body weight. I mean, she could lose some water weight. Let's see it like a little bit of body weight, a little bit of water weight. If she could keep, if even if her total dips a little bit, 522.5 is conceivable for her at 69 kilos. She might wrap that up. 
um, and take that spot. But there's, man, there's not a lot of women to be snagging these spots. 76 yeah. at 561. That's a freaking huge ask. Do we have anybody? Even somebody coming over to USAPL that could hit that. Well, well, for the 69s, I was just going to say the other name would be like Gabby Martinez, who won nationals for USAPL. If she switched over, she's also done 527.5. So that would be a potential. And I believe she lives in Texas as well, but mm. I don't know if she's interested in, in switching over. And then Sam Calhoun has done 520 in the 69s. So look at Sam. Maybe Sam, who knows? I don't, I think she's thinking 63, you, actually. You, you, had, you had mentioned, um, Chandler Babb as well, if she had switched over from USVI for whatever reason, she's done 535. Okay, so maybe a Sam, maybe Sam comes over a 63, keeps her strength up and nails that 63. Um, obviously, we also have um like Brittany Suplicky. We don't know which way she's gonna go in terms of all this as well. We got to throw her name out there. What's her yeah. highest as a uh, 57? Let's look it up. And and Chrissy. The 56 kilo national champ. We don't know which way she's going to go as well. Britt did 462.5 in the 57s. She got a little room to grow. Frig, that's that's a pretty big <laughs> jump. It's not total. I mean, that's a it's the 57s crazy. 478 is a pretty big total because Britt's a phenomenal lifter. It's not inconceivable. It just depends what she's doing. I don't know. And then, um, and then of course Chrissy. Chrissy um, did, she's a little ways off of like 440 yeah, some. 445, yeah. She's a little ways off of 478. However, so hitting the qualifying totals anyways, they can they they could still make the world's team. It's just not immediately off the bat, the first round of picks. Um, so all right, let's move into the 76s then. Do we have a 76? 561. No, I mean, I mean, I'm only seeing three people that can even do that total, but for US people, I mean Jasmine Penn did 547.5, Maria Daly did 545. I don't think they're going to switch over. And then Dana did 532.5, which is the person who won nationals this year. She's done unofficially a 550 mock meet that I think is so whatever. Take that for what it's worth. 11 kilo off. It's still a bit of a jump, but we'll see. Yeah, it's tough. 84s is only Amanda Lawrence, right? Yeah. And as you mentioned, that's even tough for her because she did worlds this year and hit 615 and then at national she did 625.5 um so it's not like she can completely sandbag she would actually have to like you know put some effort in and maybe push two out of three lifts to get that 621.5 yep but even then if she falls into the second or third selections she's good like, yeah. nobody's gonna beat her in terms of the 84 unless she totally loses her spot i can't see that either though yeah i mean it, it just depends on um how far if let's say let's say she did like 615 how far that would be compared to like let's say heather and jess both go over that 401 and then they're like higher on carpino than amanda is then you can maybe take 247s but there's probably enough other spots as we said like no one, no, one, thing, no one's gonna yeah. get the 57s no one's gonna get the 52s and stuff like that so that's why i think like only the 47s is i think amanda is a pretty big lock no matter what happens to her She'll end up on there. And then 84 plus, we got Bonica. And um, I mean, we got some people popping up though here and there. Um, yeah, the there's, lady, there's some. Go ahead. Who are you saying? The lady from Hawaii. I forget her name. Um, like, I think this is the person. I don't know where she lives. Yeah, it looks like Hawaii. Uh, Bradina Ane. There it is. She she competes USPA. She's done 690. Um, yes. 
I think I've heard rumors that she might switch, but again, we'd have to see a local meet first. Um, from USAPL, Alexis Jones, who uh, goes to Midland University, she's done 672.5. Some mm -hmm. of the Midland lifters have switched over. Um, so maybe she's looking into doing that next year. So I think that might be a pretty high contender. And then next would be Amanda Martin, USAPL 638. But I think maybe she was either really busy with work or maybe an injury or something like that because she hasn't competed, I think, since, let me pull up, since 2021 Nationals. Yeah. So Bonica could be under fire here. That's some heavy opposition that if those ladies show up, now we don't know who's going to show for sure, obviously. But those ladies are all capable of showing up at PA Nats, winning, hitting that total. Yeah, and even, I mean, a little bit less likely, but even uh, Mahalia Reeves, she's done 612.5, and she's like 18 years old. So she took some time off during the pandemic, like wasn't training, and she started coming back and training. So she did 610 at the Junior Nationals. So potentially now if she continues to train, maybe she wants to go do the open and do that in February, she could potentially put a lot on her total and get to that as well. There's, there's for sure going to be an open spot. So since she is a Sheffield lifter, it's, it's almost like, you know, do you really, really need to do nationals at this point? I don't think so. Like she's going to definitely get a secondary spot as long as she does well at, at Sheffield. Yeah. We'll yeah. I don't think it. she, I don't think she needs to, but I think she could do it comfortably this year she did 647.5 at nationals and they all look like first or second attempts so i think she could do it um it's not too hard for far from her and maybe she wants to like go hang out and see people and just do a meet she doesn't have to cut weight or anything like that sure yeah it'll be interesting because she could break records and and collect some money at sheffield so she's got to really weigh that as well hmm interesting stuff here fellas is there any notes you think we should add on this topic It, it all really just depends on how long this takes for SPD to announce the Sheffield lifters and kind of who will decide, okay, well, you know, there's two 93s now going to Sheffield, probably going to be able to get another spot um, at nationals. You know, if someone wins the national spot, some people are going to see X person go and think, okay, well, they're going to go to Sheffield. They probably won't even bother with nationals. You know, maybe that incentivizes them to, you know, go to nationals now. It'll also be interesting, like we said off the top of the show, how other nations roll this out. Because we're France has got to be thinking about this as well. France has lifters who are going to Sheffield and also has fr the French Nationals. I forget when the French Nationals is, but it's around that time last year. I mean, it's it's got to be worked out. Yeah, a lot of them are in that that first half. Um, yeah, I was looking at the registration deadline for Pop the American Nationals is January 27th. So like literally chance can just wait till January and see what are the invites to Sheffield, who's doing local meets, what weight class are they competing in to kind of, kind of get an idea. So the Sheffield people can kind of wait and then decide whether they want to do Nationals or not. And then depending on how much money you want to spend, it's $205. So you could just drop the $205 and then decide the last minute if you want to back out or not. Um, the entry is two hundred five dollars. No, that that's the that's the late like the late registration. Oh, early okay. early re early registration right now is one sixty five. I'm saying if you want to push it to last minute and then just mm -hmm. sign up and then wait till last minute to decide if you compete, like you have that you have that advantage versus someone else is switching over from USAPL. They first have to do a local meet and then everyone kind of sees you're coming and stuff like that. I'm not complaining about the price, by the way. I'm just <laughs> saying that like. When people hear that number, they're like, holy shit, really? That yeah. <laughs> I forget how much it was this year, but yeah, I mean, 165 for early, 185 for regular, 205 for late. It's kind of normal.
Um, and then, yeah, it would be interesting what other countries do. Yeah, for someone like uh, Jess with uh, Canada, I think maybe they'll just say, just come do nationals. And she probably doesn't have any competition. She just has to make weight, um, you know, maybe hit openers or seconds and be able to make it. But yeah, for a country like France that may have uh, multiple lifters, especially in the women's side, it would be interesting to see what kind of uh, leeway they give those athletes. Maybe maybe they consider Europeans, World, Sheffield. Like they sometimes, I think, look at multiple meets. With, with a lot of the other countries, like the other IPF affiliates, you know, the depth a lot of times isn't there. They have these huge, you know, high-level athletes, you know, and some of them will go to Sheffield and, you know, they'll just say, hey, you know, you're, you're you know, you're, you're Lee Babloff, right? Like, you know, you can do what right. you want. Yeah, yeah. We're going to still send you. Whereas like nationals for USA is usually supposed to be a little bit more competitive and, you know, higher depth, um, which means like, okay, they want these strict, you know, rules and, okay, if this happens, like we have to make sure, you know, powerlifting American nationals is still valued highly. And, you know, where a lot of the other countries I've seen, you know, it's like, you know, you didn't even do nationals, you didn't do this, but, you know, you have this local meet, you know, in the Netherlands that you did, and we'll lodge you to the Netherlands team, you know, stuff like that, where, you know, I don't think we see that from the U.S. side. And now we're, you know, U.S. is like, oh, like, why is this, this? And, you know, instead of it being like, this very strict criteria, I think now it, again, kind of makes sure that the strongest lifters will still have a path some way to get in. Like to the point I'm pulling up whenever this conversation comes, I pull up Brett Gibbs. Cause I remember telling him, telling me, I remember asking him how that worked. And he said, brother, I haven't done a national championships <laughs> in like fucking 20 years. But, so the but one, the, the, I mean, 2012 was the last one I think he did. The but that's Felix. also, that's also like, yeah, there has to be also be a spot available. Like for Brett, there's not going to be two other people in this weight class at nationals. But like, for example, for France, there's Noemi Alibert in the 52s. There's also Shizuka Rico. And then there's also a new lifter now, Allison Huet, who can do, has done 391. So if like Noemi doesn't go to national, she goes to Sheffield and then Shizuka and Allison do French nationals and they both make, do they both make the team and then Noemi is out or they automatically put Noemi in and then whoever is the best lifter from nationals from that weight class. So they have to like kind of consider those smaller things. Camille can do in the four hundreds as a 52. Now she's a junior world champ. I mean, it, dude, France is starting to get there in the women's yeah, France side. Is definitely, uh, I think France is already there for sure. Now. I, I, didn't, I didn't even think about that because I'm looking at the nominations for Euros and in the Open, they have two, French has two lifters in the 52s. And then in the juniors, like you said, they have Camille who's done, is nominated 398. So you have, She's done four, more, yeah. so you have four lifters in the 42, in the 52s. Three of them are open. One of them is junior. Do you like force the person to go to juniors? Well, if they want the open spot, does Noemi get booted out? Or does Noemi have to come defend her title? Just lifting things like that they have to think about. It's it's not as cut and dry. For Leah Bavla, for sure. And then Turbo Tiff. There's no 47 that's getting close to Turbo Tiff yet in France, but you can't rest in your lips. Look at Jessica. Jessica in the U.S. Um, did a like did a 412 and a half, and that squat and deadlift she had room. The bench was tough, but the squat and deadlift she had room, man. Now the bench, you know, was tough, and we'll see how it impacts her. Uh, the bench rule, she's pretty close to hitting anyways. If it's not depth, I think it's damn close anyway. So. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of movement there, but in terms of um, a battle, who knows, man, she's young. 
Yeah, I mean, she's already making an adjustment. I think she was posting up some videos today of like getting down to elbow depth. So it just depends on how much it affects her. So yeah, that'll be interesting. Does Heather get an invite to Sheffield or not? If she doesn't, then you have you have a battle. Like both of them have to hit that 401 and then also win because Heather hit like I think 397.5 at Worlds and then Jess hit 412.5 at a local meet, but then also has to adjust the bench. So it could be a battle for both of them just to hit that 401 and then also fight for the title. I think Chess is hitting 401. I think Heather, I think they'll hit 401, but Heather's about to compete at Girl Power in France. Super duper yeah. soon. I think it's this weekend. Uh it might it be is. next it might be this weekend or next weekend. But yeah, we'll see how far she pushes and what number she gets. That'll be kind of an indication of what the battle is gonna be like. That and if she ever wants to make a, a final statement to SBD, like bring me. Um, she's got to try to close that gap on Turbo Tiff. This is her opportunity. So it's tough when you compete now and you're like, you're trying to make a statement. You got to make that statement. You got to, you got to post a big total. It'll be like, yes, it's a competitive showdown between me and Turbo Tiff. Cause right now it's a bit of a spread, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we should, we should still see some battles at nationals. Cause like, like we said, 47 should be a battle 57s. If we have uh Brittany and Chrissy, that should be a battle, you know, 69s. If we have Chelsea and Claire, we'll see where Kristen is. Um, with the 66s, we have Jonathan and Rodrigo, uh, 93s, you know, it depends on chance, Keiko, Bryce, Lewis, Gavin, um, that kind of stuff like that. And also then for the other weight classes, like I was talking to Jonathan as well, it's like, now you have to actually try harder. You can't like completely sandbag like Jonathan. If Rodrigo doesn't come, you still have to hit 702.5. You still have to hit a PR total and have a really good day to get the automatic spot. So some people are going to try and it's going to be probably more exciting at nationals seeing these battles and people pushing it compared to this year. You know, Bonica sandbagged a little bit, Amanda sandbagged a little bit, Taylor sandbagged a lot. So some people didn't have to try quite as hard. Yeah. There's no sandbagging in 93s. My man can't <laughs> catch a break, man. My man can't catch a break. The 93s are absolutely stacked, dude. Yeah, the the thing now, I mean, to me, you know, versus last year, last year was like, holy shit, you know, I have to win. And it felt like, you know, the 93 battle at Power Pink American Nationals was the only real, you know, battle. You know, there was no real other battle on the men's side, at least, um, to get a spot. And then, you know, kind of with the criteria where it was, you know, like everybody else that won their class qualified, you know, essentially. So there was no open spots. And somehow I still got on the team. So, you know, now when I'm looking at this, I'm like, oh, okay. All right, even if things go, go go a little shitty or whatever it is, you know, I, I have I have a good route now. So I feel feel happy about it. Cause yeah, you know, being number one in the weight class, you know, at worlds last year is is one thing and win and winning, and then you know, obviously want to go back and win again. Um, it's nothing's guaranteed in powerlifting is like, you know, very much on what are you doing now, what is gonna happen now. And you know, I know that for me, you know, a period of six to eight weeks, you know, maybe even less, you know, four to you know, two to four weeks can be a huge difference in terms of how strong I am on game day versus not um, getting a spot, you know, no matter what it takes, like I'll do both. If I have to, I'll, I'll do whatever I got to do. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not too worried about this now. I, I like this. I like the higher barrier of entry. Um, it, it, to me, it seems so much more fair to get everybody, the strongest lifters to, to worlds. What's the possible other routes they could have took that are better? It's not a lot, man. Like when I, when I see people complaining or saying, you know, like, Hey, this is, you know, yeah, what's the alternative? Yeah. There's not much, dude. <laughs> what, <laughs> like, else, what else do we do? Do we just say, Hey, if you go to Sheffield, you automatically get a spot, but then it's like, okay, well, 
you know, there's only spots that are allotted to each weight class, essentially, minus someone, you know, dropping off. Um, you know, it necess necessarily means that, you know, anybody at nationals in those weight classes don't get a spot, you know, no matter what they do. So this seems to be an effective way to, to do that, where the totals are high enough that these people have to have a really, really good day. It, it's not a just walk in, win, and win uncontested, um, where, as it was this last year. You know, I think this year makes it more fair. Yeah, I mean, no matter which way they did it, like someone would get an advantage, someone did, wouldn't get an advantage. Because like, you're like, oh, well, what if you just compare straight up totals? The totals at 93 in Sheffield and totals at 93 at Nationals. Well, then like, you know, Nationals, you get an advantage where like, you know, you don't have to worry about an ulterior goal of like breaking records and trying to win Sheffield money. But the benefit at Sheffield is, you know, exactly what total you have to beat. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, there, there's some benefits there. Or you like another travel way. seven hours. Yeah, yeah. Then you have okay. to like travel and else like that. So there's different factors. Then the other way could be like, well, what if they did this same selection criteria, but only for the weight classes that are at Sheffield? For all the rest of them, they could have had lower totals. If you win nationals that had a lower total, you get the spot. If you have someone competing in your weight class at, at Sheffield, then you have to have a higher total to try and fill out all the weight classes. But we, like we said, you don't have to fill out all the weight classes. doesn't necessarily make it a better team. So there's, not, no, there's no perfect solution, and we'll see. Hopefully, you know, something gets moved. Maybe Sheffield gets moved. Maybe they can do nationals earlier. I saw someone commenting, like, oh, why don't you guys just do nationals in December? Um, so you could potentially do it like in a January, December and build a team for June. People over the holidays, if you get too close to the holidays, it becomes, it's, it's, there's always going to be shit. It's always something people are going to say really over the holidays, but, um, there's always, there's always something. Cause yeah, before when it was USAPL raw nationals all together, and it was the year before is masters would age up and sub juniors and juniors would age out. And so then people would compete, win a national title, and then they wouldn't be a junior anymore. Like, Oh, how can I get the spot? For open, it's not it's not that problem. But then the other thing is, yeah, there have always been concerns about running big meets in like December, January, sometimes even February because of like snowstorms and people can't maybe fly out if they're up in the Northeast and stuff like that. So they always try to like push it into a little bit warmer time period. Yeah, when I look at this and look at the criteria and look at the the, the scheduling, which which happened, it no matter what you do, somebody who's going to raise a hand and be like, I see a scenario or yeah, there's always going to be some scenarios that aren't overall favorable. This is probably as good, as close to as good as it can get. I haven't heard of an idea yet that you couldn't poke some holes in. Right. And this is end of the day. If you're fucking, if you're really that strong, it's four weeks. If you've got a, a clear head above everybody, if you're head and shoulders above everybody, you show up, bang, show, show up at Sheffield, bang and it's okay adios but if it's close enough then it's all up in the air anyways right if it's that close us is going to get a phenomenal lifter whoever they send if it's that close we're within a couple kilo of each other no matter what you can't go wrong like obviously chance opens chance but you can't go wrong whether you send keiko or chance to world you can't go wrong with either guy representing your nation they're both phenomenal lifters and already both have proven they can win worlds you just can't go wrong you can't go wrong with, you know, who in, in most of these classes, if it's that close, you know, and if there's someone head and shoulders above, like a Taylor, I would, he doesn't have to worry. He could show up, cruise through Nat, secure that and go to Sheffield and try to light it up. Um, so. I do have a question for you guys though. Do you, do you see a, a value of, you know, if someone won worlds, you know, previous year, you know, whatever happens or, you know, you know, maybe they don't have a great nationals, whatever it is. Do you value that? Like, 
you know, say, you know, Chance and Tyco, we, we both have won Worlds. Do you think, like, that is more valuable than, you know, a total at Nationals? Like, that, you know, just that alone is worth, you know, being able to perf- criteria. Being able to perform at the international level, international judging with travel and having proven it, mm-hmm. If I was a national team coach, that's a fucking tough. That's a tough question there, Playboy. Here's the thing. You, 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 here's the other concession would be like, you never want to blockade it because we're talking about you right now. But what if it's the year you're on the come up and Keiko's like, well, come on, I already beat Chance. I don't have to do this yeah. again. And they don't know, but Chance can beat you, but he hasn't. So, and I don't want to have to prove it. So let's just send me again. <laughs> And it's like, we would never know. We would never have known. No, but Chance could win. You know, that's where it'd be like, fuck, you know, so I could see both uh, scenarios is tough. You're right. I know your point. You're right. Someone proving themselves at the international level is hard. It's always a, what have you done for me lately sport though? And so that is always going to be there. I just think it's interesting when we're looking at the other, you know, IPF affiliates and, you know, just because Leah Babwa exists in her weight class, you know, it doesn't mean that the next closest, you know, lifter in her class, right? She could, you know, by points beat everybody else, but she's always going to be overshadowed by this other, you know, lifter. And so if it was always just the national champ that goes and that's it and send a discussion, no matter what the weight classes are, or no matter what the totals are in the other weight classes, it gets a little weird still. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. I was trying to think of other sports, but other sports are also like subjective. Like when they pick the team for basketball for the Olympics, you know, they have a coach and the coach tries to pick like who has veteran experience, who has experience on previous Olympic teams, who fits well as a team. It's not always just like, oh, take the best player on every single position and we'll have the best team ever. They kind of like build out a team. So I could see like some national teams do that if they are like funding the team and they want people who have experience, they're not going to bomb out. They're not going to like, you know, not show up before. Like we had before for USAPL for like my team, I forget if it was a sub junior or junior, Someone just not show up to world and not say anything or anything like that. It, <laughs> we sent all the emails, like they paid them the money then they just didn't show up and they didn't say, Oh, you know, I was meant to tell you whatever like that. And so like, you want people who are going to show up. People are going to follow the rules, not cause problems. People who are going to make attempts, not bomb bounce, stuff like that, have that experience. But powerlifting is more of an objective sport. And like you said, it's more like, what have you done for me now? Cause lots of lifters are getting strong fast Some lifters are leaving. And so, like we, we want to keep putting Ray in like, Oh, put Ray in for Sheffield. We want to put Ray in for this, but like after a certain number of years, if he's not competing, whatever. And Jesus keeps breaking records that you kind of have to move on. Like Jesus is the man. Now Jesus is the one that deserves to be on the team. The one that deserves to be going to Sheffield and all that stuff like that. So it is kind of like, yeah, what's your total now? It doesn't matter what your total was or world champion. You won a previous year. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why I was saying you got to do the, Jesus versus Ray situation before this, because this is going to leave. That door is going to close. With all due respect to Ray, I love Ray, but it feels like that door is closing anyways. It's going to close at some point, obviously, right? Because Jesus is like 10 years younger. So it's going to close when it is. The writing would say it's coming soon. So you want to close that, that the biggest possible bang possible. So if that Sheffield invite comes, baby, take it and let's rock and roll. And this is the one, this is the big swan song after that. Don't you don't have to retire if you don't want to, but just take it because you know this it, is it. If it if it's not nationals or not Sheffield, maybe we have to pull in money and like invite them over to like you know just a, a gym max out session, you know, somewhere in Texas. <laughs> we gotta sort this out. <laughs> yeah, you know, everyone tossed in fifty bucks to watch or something like that. We'll fly in, Ray. <laughs> that's that's probably too many people for that gym. 
Anyways, <laughs> fellas, I think we did a pretty good job explaining it, explaining all the different scenarios. We went longer than we probably we needed to, but let's let's beat that fucking horse, huh? Um, until next time, whatever you're listening on, whatever platforms, please do subscribe. Give us high ratings. It always helps us out, and uh, it is much appreciated. Until next time, my friends, six-pack Lapidat from Chance, Messy Kamesi, six up, and we are out.